Today's podcast didn't turn out the way I expected. Here's what I wanted to know. How do Major League Sports give back? We know that whether it's the NFL, the NBA, or Major League Baseball, sports is big business. We also know that the leagues, the teams, and individual players each make varying kinds of philanthropic commitments. I thought you all would find it valuable to understand the commitments that sports makes to philanthropy and how they make them. And you will learn that. But more than that, you'll hear a case study of a national football team that has built a real strategy, is deeply committed to overhead, yes, I said overhead, and invests in nonprofits in really creative ways all year long. I was really impressed, and you will be too. Stay with me for the kickoff to today's podcast. Welcome to Nonprofits Are Messy. Not enough money, too many cooks, and an abundance of passion. Leading nonprofits isn't easy. Joan Gary, the dear Abby of nonprofits, gets it, and she is here to help. We are joined today by Julie Hershey. Julie Hershey is the Director of Community Relations for the Philadelphia Eagles. Julie works to execute the team's mission to serve as proud partners with the Philadelphia community. In this role, she leads the team's efforts to support generations of Eagles fans and works to partner with nonprofits throughout the region. Julie is also a vice president of the Eagles Charitable Foundation. Julie, I'm delighted you're here. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. So, so let's talk about the Philadelphia Eagles for a moment. And according to um, a, a recent article in Forbes, the Eagles ranks number 19 in the top 50 most valuable sports teams of 2015, valued at $1.75 billion and with a growth, ra- with a growth rate estimated at one, uh, 33% over the last 12 months. Um, good for you guys. <laughs> um, and, um, and so I think about that, you know, money at that kind of magnitude and was really interested in understanding how the Eagles gives back. And um, so I'm hoping that you'll be able to offer us some perspective on that today. So the Philadelphia Eagles has made a host of commitments to philanthropy over the years. But before we talk about that, I'm hoping, because I know you've been a part of the Eagles organization for 17 years, which means you started like when you were 12, right? Exactly. Yeah, there you go. Maybe some kind of high-level perspective for our listeners on the intersection of sports and philanthropy. Has it always been part of the DNA of Major League Sports and any sense of the origins of that? Well, first of all, thank you again so much for having me. uh, I've I've listened to the podcast, so I'm excited to be on. Um, You know, I think that uh, the, the idea of philanthropy and sports has been around for many years. I think that it has changed over the last probably five or 10 years. How so? When you, when you think about philanthropy as a, um, you know, as a basic construct, it used to be very traditional. You'd get a request, you'd send the player to go to the event or something signed by the player to the event as a fundraiser, you know, one, two, three, not much thought, more of a reaction than a proaction. Right. But I think, though, more broadly speaking, um, the idea of philanthropy as it relates to sports 
and the way that I know we'd like to see it is that we have an opportunity um, to use the light that is shined on the Eagles organization and help redirect that light, if you will, and help shine it back on some of the other organizations that are doing great work in the in the community that we serve. The the each team is different though, and each league is different. And although it is big business and there's a lot of, you know, um, sparkle and shine on the organization itself, to some degree, it is a family-run business. Um, you know, an NFL team, and we have owners like anyone else, and so we, I know, at the Eagles are really grateful um, to have such tremendous ownership, right. uh, you know, with uh, Jeffrey Lurie, who has consistently thought of philanthropy and his commitment to the Philadelphia community from the moment that, uh, you know, that, that he purchased the team. That's interesting, and I, I think you're right. And one of the reasons I thought it would be interesting to talk with you, A, is because I, le- I have learned that the Eagles approaches philanthropy strategically, which is really um, wonderful, uh, but also because so many nonprofits might will approach a local team in, in their region or their city and do this sort of one-shot request, and that the um, the franchise becomes what, what I like to call sort of in the pizza delivery business, right? right. <laughs> Saying, okay, they, they want a signed baseball or they're looking for a jersey or, right? And so it's what I call the pizza delivery business. You get a call saying, you know, somebody would like is requesting a pizza with mushroom and pepperoni. But it seems to me that the kind of the, the choice that your owner has made by virtue of the philanthropy you're doing is to say, wait a minute, hold on one second. Maybe we should actually be thinking about this in terms of what uh, what would you all like to eat, right? <laughs> and here are some menu options, right? And um, rather than simply just, uh, you know, sort of this point-and-shoot reactive thing of somebody wants a baseball or somebody wants a football. So I'm really, I was, I've, the more I've learned about the way that you're working, the more I wanted to share some of that with my, um, with my listeners. So... Um, there are all different, I mean, you sort of teased to it, there are all different kinds of levels of philanthropy in, in, uh, in, in, in the National Football League. You have the NFL Foundation, you have the team's commitment philanthropy, and then the efforts of individual players. Does that stuff ever get coordinated in any way? And or I, I, just, I found myself thinking, gosh, how is that, how do you not step all over each other? There's a lot of, uh, there's certainly a lot of moving parts, and I think that what we try and do as much as we can is um, is streamline where possible. You know, we work directly with the NFL Foundation and through them in some ways to look at a bigger picture. So if there are football fields being built or some of the areas that we don't necessarily have expertise in selecting um, which field is a better build than another field. Um, Some of that will be run through the NFL Foundation, which then will help select which space is a better field to be built. But I will say that, you know, the NFL Foundation is funded by teams. So so oh, really okay, got it. So, way that, that, yeah, primarily through teams. So it's just another way that the um, that the teams are are giving those dollars to the league to be able to redirect back in ways that are you know bigger, if you will. Um, 
you know, to get back to what you're saying before, though, I, I do also think that there's there's value in that piece of delivery because you know what we do is a balance. It's a balance between helping the many a little bit and helping a lot for the where we can. Yep. And so there are going to be people that really are either not in a position or or really are just looking for, you know, something small, something where we can help. And in that way we do that, you know, hundreds of times throughout the year um, that we work with uh, across our region. But but then we do look for some of these areas and we can discuss Eagles Care where where we can engage deeper with our nonprofit partners um, to create that more sustainable change and really generate true impact, true outcomes um, versus, you know, a, a small fundraiser, which, which I think, like I said, there's value in that, there's a place for that. But if we could do something more strategic, that's where we really look to go. Right. That makes perfect sense. So, so you mentioned your owner, Jeffrey Laurie, and, um, and I wonder it's briefly sort of the Eagles commitment to philanthropy, um, uh, longstanding, I assume. And what did, what did the, and you're right. What did the family, the family ownership of the Lorries bring to the table that was unique and different? I think it was that approach to really trying to um, create something within Eagles Charitable Foundation, which is our nonprofit, where um, where there was direct service. So Eagles Charitable Foundation, which is a public charity, it serves thousands of um, low-income children in the greater Philadelphia region every year with a focus on improving health outcomes um, uh, within autism, um, and vision care, vision care being the, the main program. Okay, but, so just you know, to make again, sure I'm make sure I'm clear. So there's um, there are two entities, if I have this right. There is the Eagles Charitable Foundation, and then there's also an entity called Eagles Care, which is, and you actually have a, a foot sort of in both you a foot in both lands. So help help listeners understand the distinction. So you have the foundation. Um, and how do they grant money? You gave me a sense of to what what their particular focus is. Um, is that sort of a standard foundation where there's where people actually make requests to the foundation for funding in those particular areas you just mentioned? So I'm so glad that you asked that question. Eagles Charitable Foundation is a public charity. And so um, there are some grant opportunities, but really what we love about ECF and what we think is tremendous about it is that the foundation does direct service work. So it is different than some of the other um, you know, team foundations that do a lot of grant writing. Again, there is value in that. There is a place for that. But what Eagles Charitable Foundation does every day is takes our eyeballmobile um, and our Eagles Glasses Lab and goes out and visits schools and health centers and examines kids' um, eyes and provides free eyeglasses that day now um, on site right there. That's really so interesting. I, 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 I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I, how did you land on, on eye care? 
Um, it's a wonderful story. One of our first round draft picks uh, around the time Eagles Charitable Foundation um, was created, his name is Jeremy Mayberry, and he was born with amblyopia, which is um, an eye condition that was undetected for years. And it was important to him that, you know, he saw if, if his eye had just been checked a little bit earlier, it could have been easily corrected. But unfortunately, there's a lot of kids, particularly in Philadelphia, whose eyes are just going unchecked. And with just that quick examination, screening, and then examination, you can determine whether a kid needs glasses. And now with the Eagles Glasses Lab, which was just created this year, we're able to go in and give glasses to those kids that day. They walk in, um, they're examined, and then they walk out that day with glasses. So it's, it's, it's wonderful. It's really wonderful and so targeted. My goodness. Yeah. You know, oftentimes foundations try to be all things to all people. Um, and the fact that you are one very specific thing to a targeted population is amazing and also obviously gives you the opportunity to measure your impact quite clearly. Yes, and then this year we've actually expanded in our 20th year and included autism as well. So autism has always been really close to the hearts of the Lori family. And so um, we have expanded into autism and autism care and research as well. So that's, that'll be the second piece that's what we're working fantastic. with. Well. Fantastic, fantastic. So let's talk, let's talk about Eagle Cares. Um, and that's the other entity. And um, when did it start? How does it work and how is it different? So Eagles Care is the program run by uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. And I would say it started about three or four years ago now. Um, you know, we got an opportunity, um, which we always joke now here that I call it a gift because it didn't feel like a gift at the time, but to um, take a step back and say, what are we doing with our community relations department? And as we discussed before, it really was very reactive. We tried to be as strategic as we possibly could. Um, but what we were doing was we were giving out so much. Um, and when we tried to measure what we were doing, the equation did not match up. So what we were giving did not equal the outcome. So we took that step back and we said, okay, how can we shift our focus to ensure that we're, we're meeting our goals in a different way? We looked at our partnership model um, that the team really feels is important to who we are and the core of our organization's values and said that partnerships are important to us. And then we also looked at the assets of the Eagles organization. So previously, we'd had the pizza model. What could we give you? Well, we could give you money, which is great. We could give you a player appearance. We could give you a signed item. And when we took that step back and said, what else is there? We saw that the assets of the Eagles could really be broadened. There were so many other things that we could provide from you know, staff time, volunteering, employee engagement opportunities through to just the experience of our staff to teach what we were doing um, to the nonprofits with whom we worked. And born from that really cool experience of sitting down and thinking about who we were is, um, was our Eagles Care Program, where we work um, for one year uh, initially with five nonprofits per year. And, and 
partner with them um, to build the capacity of their organization in whatever way is most valuable to them. Um, so we sit down at the beginning of the year and do a need, and ask them to do a needs assessment based solely on what they think that they need, not what they think that we can give them. Because if you ask people, well, what do you think you need? And they're thinking football team, they're going to say tickets. Right. But if you really say, what is a needs assessment? Don't think about where it's coming. Um, then you come back and you get really more interesting ideas from people on what they need as an organization. And then we look both to our nonprofit partners, our corporate partners, our staff, really to the entire base of the Eagles organization to say, how can we meet those needs of the nonprofit and help them really grow and thrive and prosper? Very interesting. So there's a story I read about a wall you built. <laughs> it seems only fitting that we should talk about building a wall at this time of year. Um, but you built a wall, didn't you? Yes, that is that is our favorite example as well. <laughs> and so, so timely. Uh, uh, yes, exactly. And so we worked with, um, you know, D this is a Darcy Walker Krause, who is uh, the executive director of uh, Center for Grieving Children, who's a wonderful partner. You know, when we said to her, think about your needs, she said almost jokingly, well, we could use a wall. Um, and because it's, you know, core to who we are here at the Eagles, we said, okay, well, why? We always like to ask why. And she tried to explain to us how they have one very large space um, where that isn't being used really well, and one really small space that's being overused. And she said that if they were able to make the big space into two smaller spaces, um, they'd be able to have parents essentially come in once a week and bring their older and younger kids at the same time to a meeting that they had instead of having to have parents come back twice a week, once with their older child, once with their younger child, um, which was really a barrier to care for them. And so we said, yeah, we can absolutely do that. We have wonderful folks over at our CDN um, that came over um, actually during a bye week um, and built a wall. And then because we do see value in the traditional community relations style approach, um, after the physical wall was built, we came back with players and had our players, some of whom had lost a family member earlier in their lives, sit down and have a meeting with the kids and then all join together to paint the wall. And we did that and invited some media, which really shined the light on what wonderful work this organization was doing. Um, and hopefully, and we know that, you know, in that day, we really helped to build the capacity of that organization. So instead of being able to, um, you know, have 20 kids meet at one time, now they're able to have 40 kids meet at one time. So it was really able to drive that growth and increase the impact that they're able to have on those kids. So it, it, what's interesting about that is uh, you have now um, wiped away my skepticism about the fact that you are the director of community relations at the Philadelphia Eagles, because what you've really said here is that, yes, sure, this work says something really wonderful about the Eagles organization, but what it really is doing is giving a tremendous amount of visibility to five worthy nonprofits every year, which is pretty awesome. And, and that's our goal. And, and, you know, when we sit down and think about what we do, I mean, again, now it's going to sound like we're patting ourselves on the back, but, you know, when I put together our, you know, emails, the organization 
explaining what we're doing in a week, nine out of 10 of those things, we don't publicize. You're not going to see nine out of the 10 things that we do. Right. Um, because that's not why we do it. You know, exactly. most of the, the work that we do, it doesn't make sense to, to publicize. Um, yeah. You know, when when we, you know, meet a kid that we know would, would just really benefit from um, meeting a player or, you know, any of those things that we're able to do, the people that we bring to games just to brighten their day, things like that, we're not, you're not going to see some of that. What, yeah. what you are going to see is when we get an opportunity to do some work and that work is going to direct that exposure that we get and try and highlight what someone else is doing. That's the approach that we take here. Uh, smart, very smart. And um, so we're having a really interesting conversation this morning with Julie Hershey, who is the director of community relations for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, she has a foot on uh, in the world of the Eagles charitable foundation, which focuses in on, um, uh, a very t- has a very targeted direct service mission, and also Eagle Care, Eagles Cares, Eagles Care, which um, which is uh, an organization that focuses in each year on five nonprofits and gets them to think about what they need in terms of capacity building. And I'm kind of fascinated by this whole discussion. So, um, I, I I guarantee you, my listeners are really anxious to know how. How do you pick the five nonprofits each year? Um, so the, the biggest thing that we look for, and it's a little bit amorphous, but is this idea of the ability to benefit. Um, you know, we really want to make sure that the nonprofit is poised for this type of experience, this type of change. Um, you know, for example, we've found that if, if a nonprofit does not have a full-time staff member, for the most part, it's not going to necessarily work. And, and it's, you know, it's not a bright line in the sand, but, you know, what we do a lot of times is we bring in some, we bring in the five nonprofits for Lunch and Learns, where we have them sit down with our staff. Um, we just did one on human resources with the first president of human resources to sit down and have them, you know, develop either themselves, if it's a one-person nonprofit, or their staff, if they have a few more, and learn about employee engagement, employee retention, and hiring um, because that's you know so important we know and so so if a nonprofit does not have any staff that are full-time a lot of times they're really not able to participate um, in those events and they're really missing out that makes sense Converse, conversely if they're huge or if they are um, you know managed nationally and, for example, don't update their own social media, they may not be able to benefit because when we have a, um, a lunch and learn talking about video and we give each nonprofit a video camera and teach them how to use it and teach them production techniques and what to think about, if they can't use that video camera to update their social media because, you know, the national office updates their social media, that right. ability to benefit is um, is decreased. And we really want to be able to help the people that have the ability to help, to be helped. That makes a lot of sense. So um, that sort of that semi-bright line in the sand about having at least one full-time staff and perhaps, I mean, I think the other piece of that is 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 a national organization 
um, that works locally is different, a little bit different from a local organization that works locally. Would you agree? Yes, and we have had national organizations that work locally. So right now, for example, and right now, for example, we actually have both. So we have, you know, Living Beyond Breast Cancer, which is a local organization with national reach. And then at the same time, we have Summer Search, which is a, you know, I don't want to use the word franchise, but of a, of a national organization, but they are hyper-focused lo- locally and have very little oversight's a bad word. Um, so they have the ability to... So they have more, they have more autonomy. Exactly. They, they have tremendous autonomy, so they're able to work... Um, a lot locally, but but we do other things, you know. So so first of all, we work with tons of other nonprofits in that pizza delivery way um, throughout the year. We also have a lot of opportunities um, with some opportunities on game day. We have some other opportunities that we use to work with nonprofits throughout throughout the year, so that we're able, in some part, to um, date other nonprofits before we ask them to marry us for the year for um, Uh, Eagles Care. So we do really work with a lot of other nonprofits throughout the year so that we have those opportunities to reach out. That's interesting. I would also mention the Eagles Care Summit, which we do each year. So, you know, part of what we, born out of the idea of these lunch and learn opportunities where we thought, like, how can we take somebody great within the Eagles organization and have them, you know, teach our nonprofit partners how to do this, you know, one topic better. Um, We did the same thing with the Eagles Care Summit, and so this will be the fourth year that we've done it. Um, we, We thought to ourselves, who do we know in the nonprofit community that is doing, you know, networking the best? Who's the best networker that we know? And how can we put that person in front of all of the other nonprofits that we love and have this person teach them networking? Um, and so, you know, this will be the fourth year that we're doing it, um, 2017 will be, where we invite every nonprofit that we know um, to come and join us for a free day of employee engagement and employee development for them to come in. We ask them um, to send up to four staff to just come in and, and learn about, you know, topics dealing with uh, nonprofit for the day. We um, were really excited last year. We had Dan Pilata, um come in and speak um, to the team, and it was really inspirational, I happen to think. Um, I know you've talked about the overhead myth, and I, yep, we are going to. Well, that's going to probably be our, one of our last questions. We're a little getting a yeah. little short on time, so I want to. Yes, get to I. That. Um, you know, I. It makes my skin crawl when people talk about overhead. So, um, you know, we really, um, you know, we really make an effort as much as we possibly can um, in that area as well. And so that's part of what we're doing with the Eagles Care Summit. Yep, smart. Um, so. Uh, I have two last questions for you. Um, uh, Dan obviously is a champion of uh, this notion that there is a myth called overhead and that that somehow or another lives separate and apart from the work that nonprofits do every day. Um, you, uh, the work that you do with your five nonprofits each year is all about capacity building and overhead. And I wondered, um, why did you make that call when you built this strategy? You know, I I have a friend that works at a nonprofit, and it is they deal with um, health and privacy information with kids, and 
she told me once that they didn't have enough money for um, voicemail, that they had a lot of directed grants, um, and they, but they didn't have voicemail. And that, <laughs> when she told me that, it, it blew my mind. And I think at that point, it was right around the same time that we were um, developing Eagle's Care. And so for me, it really was just a natural fit to be able to say that, um, that all of the funds that we give, because we do give money as well as part of Eagle's Care, it's always an afterthought, um, but, but we give funds as well. But that the, that the money is entire, not that the money is entirely restricted, but, but not just the money. Everything that we give them is unrestricted. So, you know, the, we were joking the other day because we gave Beyonce tickets. We had some Beyonce uh, uh -huh. uh, concert at the stadium, and, and we explained to them that, you know, we really did not care where they gave them, you know. And, and a lot of people wrote back and said we gave Beyonce tickets to our staff, and it, it just built up the morale of the organization. I mean, I think the other you know, great example that we talk about is that, you know, we have either stadium furniture or um, furniture uh, that um, has been, that we donate um, to the nonprofits. Um, but we also had one nonprofit after that we did that that said to us, hey, you know, we, you always say ask for anything. So she said, you know, our conference table is really dangerous. You know, do you think you could give us? I know, right? Right, a dangerous. What what makes a conference right. room table dangerous? I my the visuals are just endless for me right now. I know exactly, but but really, I've been to, be to death. That, I've been uh, to dangerous meetings at conference room yeah, tables. Exactly. You know, and she said to us, you know, do you have you know a conference table that she could give us? And we were so you know we contacted Bob's Discount Furniture as one of our corporate partners, and within two seconds they were like, oh, absolutely, have them go on and pick any table that they want. You know, and she would send us, the executive director would send us these pictures of smiling people around a conference table. And, you know, she just said it, it boosted the morale of the organization. And, you know, we work so closely with nonprofits that I see how hard people work, you know, and, 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 and the, you know, to what is being given of themselves to work day in and day out to try and make other people's lives better. I personally feel like, you know, the least that we can do is both give the executive directors the autonomy to make decisions for themselves. You know, I don't feel like I should be able to, you know, I don't know your business any better than you do. So right. for me to be able to say, oh, this is where you should put your money, for us as an organization does not work. But then beyond that, to be able to say, you know, you can give this, um, to your staff, or you can give it out. I mean, people, there's there's all sorts of things that they give it to, but to see what they can do um, to help grow their organization and, and either staff morale or just the, the small investment, you know, in, in what their work is doing, um, or I'm sorry, the small, the small investment they can do in their infrastructure yep. really can do tremendous things for the work that they're doing. It's... It, it's a, it's a, those are great stories. And I have to say, to me, one of the things that's really sticking out about this conversation is the fact that that nonprofit sent you a picture of the, of their team sitting around that table. That's yeah. the extra step, right? And, yeah. um, and, and what that says to me 
first of all, is I feel like people don't often enough go that extra step. And so yay for that nonprofit you selected. And secondly, um, it points to the fact that you have actually cultivated a real relationship. It wasn't a transaction to deliver that table. And the fact that they, yeah, and the fact that they thought to send you that picture um, was uh, meaningful to you and your team as, you know, in, in, in a really big way. It's just a conference room table, but it's so much more than that. And, and that, I'm so glad that you pointed that out because I, I think that's one of the most important parts of this program is that, as, you know, it's a year-long partnership. But when I, I say it, when I tell you we speak, we speak to these folks, you know, at least once a week, if not once a day. I mean, we are on the phone with our nonprofit partners consistently so that it by the end of the year it really is that idea of a relationship that it, it is a partnership that we work together that they that they know who we are and, and you know part of that you know from a business side what does make sense um, on the back end for us is that you know we don't publicize most of what we do that's just who we are. And so when you take a, a, the, the bet that we made from the business side was, if we partnered with five nonprofits for one year, that by the end of that year, they would know who we were and get us, and that the value of that was greater than 20 seconds on the news. Indeed, and over, I, I think you're absolutely. I think you're absolutely right, Julie. And and um, over five years, we now have, you know, uh, we'll have twenty five partners. Right. And not to mention, not to mention how that reverberates. Right. How that reverberates to their donors, to their members, to their constituents. I mean, it's a, it's an am amplifying thing. Right. And I, and I think that that, you know, and, and I, you know, I take pride in that as, as, an, as, a, as a member of this organization that if that were false, if that were not who we truly were, it would come through. Yeah. And, and you'd know it. They'd know it by the end of the year. But because it is who we are, you know, at the end of the year, they, they get us. And we get them. I mean, we love them just as much as they love us. You know, we, we work with them regularly. You know, they're, well, they're not done once the year's over. We sounds like it. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you have built up. Yeah, exactly. So um, uh, love is a good segue. I have loved this conversation, and we are sadly out of time. But I want to say, I, I want to make sure that my listeners captured a couple of things that feel so important to me that this is not a conversation. This may sound like a conversation about the Philadelphia Eagles, but if you see it um, that uh, narrowly, you're missing the larger picture, right? This is about corporations, companies uh, who um, make investments in the communities in which they uh, exist. For um, nonprofit leaders, this is a, a, a lesson in relationship building. It's a lesson in knowing that there are folks out there who care about your conference room table. For board members, this is about thinking broadly about how a company can uh, be of help to your organization. I I have to say, it's new. You know, it's a 
a new way of thinking even for me to say, oh, right, the Philadelphia Eagles has a facilities department and a human resources department. You know, when you think Philadelphia Eagles, you think of sports, you think about football, sign stuff, and tickets. But it's about so much more than that. And for development directors, um, don't get caught in the box. Think broadly. And think about the, the, the story that Julie told about that picture of that conference room table is, a, is all about um, building and sustaining a relationship that will last for years rather than a transaction that when next year's budget comes and there's something that needs to be cut, you don't want to be the thing that gets cut. So, Julie, thank you for what seemed like a narrowly focused conversation but has been a really wonderful insight into... Uh, how the for-profit sector can really make a difference in the lives of nonprofits in their community. So, Julie, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. So, uh, if you've enjoyed this podcast, please uh, don't hesitate to view all of the other episodes we have on iTunes. Um, we also have a blog at JoanGary, G-A-R-R-Y dot com with weekly email blasts that come out from me with topics that are of value to both board members, board leadership, and staff leaders as well. Um, Until next time, thank you, as always, for all of the work you do, and we'll see you next time. Nonprofits Are Messy is a service of Joan Gary Consulting. Widely known as the Nonprofit Dear Abby, Joan's leadership blog reaches over 40,000 unique visitors monthly from over 150 countries. Subscribe at www.joangary.com.